0: Welcome to Easy One Day Podcast Coronavirus Logs. In this 7th episode, testing testing. I talked to Patrick about all things testing for coronavirus, COVID-19, and why we should care about how mortality rates are being reported. Welcome, Patrick, to Easy One Day Podcast, Coronavirus Logs.
1: Uh, thank you, IJ. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we're glad to have you. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. No worries. Okay, yeah. So, um, for everyone listening, Patrick is uh, a very controversial figure on social media because he, he questions the 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 norms or the mainstream ideas and he always um once he's always up for a good a good debate um he was a, or rather he's a friend of mine and Patrick was um a distinction candidate or should i say he he had a distinction in medicine back when he graduated from medical school so i'm very happy to have him here and um i'd like him to tell us more about himself if he so wishes so patrick you want to share with us some more facts about yourself
1: okay well thanks again for having me my name is patrick like you said um, I'm a medical doctor. I currently live, um, live in Lagos. And I'm not sure I'm as controversial as you say, but I definitely am always up for a good debate with facts and logic. So I'm glad to be here again.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So I think the controversial part is up for debate. And we can talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> so, um, What what state do you live in, and what's the nature of your job as a medical doctor?
1: Okay, so um, I currently live in Lagos. Um, I am a medical doctor, but I'm currently um, not working, so mostly just sit at home, you know, following the stay at home order, social distancing, wash my hands. Yes, basically.
0: Okay, so you wash your hands for a living, eh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can see that.
0: all right so how's your day been or how was your day today
1: yeah my day was fine it was okay i mean um i'm not used to this this sort of life staying at home most of the day you know. yeah but it was okay thank god
0: okay um how is your community responding um to this day at home, to the entire pandemic, can you just paint a picture and give us a timeline when you first heard about coronavirus and um, how your immediate community responded? Did you people um, engage in any sort of like panic buying or did you people foresee this thing happening and then, you know, prepare ahead of time, you know? And then what has been the response from others that you know outside your own immediate circle?
1: Okay. So, um, the timeline, I first I first heard about the coronavirus, I think sometime in February, maybe early February. I had heard something about, you know, a uh, viral disease in China, but at yeah. that time the world the world wasn't fully aware of, of what was going on. A lot has changed between um, then and now. So, but as to the response in my community, most people are I mean, following the order of staying at home. To have shops open, you know, essential shops dealing essential commodities. So there really wasn't much of panic buying since we still have the opportunity to do that. But by and large, I think the response of my community has been good in accordance with the Lagos State's um, directives and order.
0: Okay. Um, so people outside your immediate circle. So um, I don't know if you if you receive WhatsApp BCs from well-meaning family members or friends, you know, things that you'd clearly read and say, okay, this this is not true or this is just sensational, you know, because I know that, um for me, I go I was forwarded a voice note. it went viral. A young man, spent eight minutes talking about how Nigeria was about to buy used personal protective equipment from China. Hmm.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, the, the problem with um, saying what is true and false, you know, is you need to know what exactly is true. And the particular case of this coronavirus is a lot is unknown. Um, so even though some things appear clearly false, it's always difficult to be able to convince people on the other side um that this is false because we don't really know what exactly is true but yes there's a lot of um misinformation going around um we don't know much but there are things we do know Uh, for example a lot of people are talking about garlic you know honey drinking hot water gargling with hot water you know having hot baths things like that and these things have been well proven not to be effective you know at all so I think some things are clearly false, some things are in the gray. So, again, it's difficult to tell which is which.
0: Okay. So, for anybody listening, um, can you tell us why you love being a doctor?
1: Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I. Did I ever say I love being a doctor, JJ?
0: Okay. Do you love being <laughs> a doctor? <laughs>
1: Yes, I love being a doctor.
0: Okay, so um, why do you love being a doctor? Um okay, the the purpose, let me just give you some context to the question. Purpose of this question is I want to highlight how important healthcare workers are because obviously we both know how important the work we are trained to do is, you know. But for those who are undecided, those young people in secondary school in science class or even those people who have maybe one degree in science already and have been thinking about should I enter healthcare should I go through the nursing program or should I go and do my medical school you know I want you to sell sell it to them just tell us what about your job makes you fulfilled as a human being
1: okay um well I mean the Working in the healthcare field is, is more of a vocation than a job per se, and I think it's also a privilege to be able to work in such a sensitive field. Why I personally like it is because of the kind of work we get to do. You know, having patients that are very sick, and then you're able to intervene, and then you know the whole situation turns around. I also enjoy it because of the mental work you know that you have to put in, and then the fact that you always have to be on your toes. You have to always be studying oh by the way i enjoy studying um so you always have to be studying you always have to be on top of your game because any slight mistake you know it could cost somebody his life his or her life literally so these are the things i enjoy you know we are at the front line we are always exposed to certain things so yes it is a dangerous job but i think by and large the, the pluses i mean the pros of the job definitely outweigh the cons so yeah
0: Awesome. So you're not in it because of money or because people get to call you Dr. Patrick. You know? Uh, uh,
1: there's no money here. So all those listening, there's no money here.
0: So you guys heard it here first. There's no money here. So yeah, it's a vocation and I agree with everything you've said. Okay, so let's go straight into the topic. Testing, testing. Yeah. Um Patrick happens to be passionate about a couple of things outside of medicine and, um, debates. One is music. And I think he's a, Patrick, you used to be a music producer. Yeah. And you're gifted on the key, on the keyboard, like you play piano. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, when we were brainstorming on what to call the episode, I decided to go with testing, testing, as in to make a play on his dual, you know, passions, medicine, and then music, you know, like testing the microphone.
1: Yeah. That was a pretty, yeah. It was a pretty good name. I didn't get it at first, but yeah. It was uh, a pretty good one.
0: Come on. You got it after a couple of seconds, though.
1: <laughs> yes, I agree.
0: Yeah. So um, let's talk about testing for COVID-19 and with a particular um, concentration on monitoring the the numbers that we've been seeing because, you know, every day new numbers are released. On all sorts of websites, people are keeping watch. I even read today in the news that a seventeen-year-old boy who made a website for um, monitoring the numbers um, was offered about eight million in either pounds or dollars um, for his website. And the boy was like, "I just, I'm a kid. I just want to play games with my friends online." <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I've I followed you on social media, and I've noticed that you have a very keen interest in the numbers. As a scientist, obviously, you're looking at the statistics, you're looking at mortality rates. We're trying to determine, we're trying to paint um, a picture. We're trying to piece together the, the bigger picture of coronavirus night kobe 19 and i have noticed that you have a very um, particular interest in the the numbers especially of the mortality rates because obviously like i said every day we see new numbers we see number of new cases i know for um i think the ncdc the nigerian center for disease control they publish the numbers of correct me if i'm wrong number of um, new cases number of um, people that they, people who have died, that's mortality, and then number of um, uh, existing cases, right? Those yeah, three yeah, numbers yeah. are available to us on a daily basis and they're updated every day on their sites. But I know we don't see the total number of people who are being tested. Yes. Right, and that number is very important. So please, can you tell us why... First of all, why are you passionate about looking at these figures? Why are you passionate about um, getting down to the you know the nitty gritty of how do we calculate how how deadly this COVID thing is and looking at all the research that you've done so far on testing? Can you you know just give us an give us insights into what you know? So yeah.
1: Okay. Um... So, just a quick correction. Another thing that the NCDC does release is the number of patients that have been discharged. You know, those that have recovered. We also have awesome. also have the also have those figures. But yeah, like like you said, the very key thing is the number of tests done, and we don't per se know that. Um, however, I do have a source, um, which is the WorldMeters.info, and says that so far Nigeria has done about just 4,000 tests. And if you consider our population, that's probably one of the lowest worldwide, you know, if you are doing it per population. Um, So that also is an issue. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about testing. So, I mean, everybody understands what I understand. So we're all on the same page. The testing for coronavirus, essentially, there are three different tests to be done. The first test, okay, I'll try not to talk too, um, too detailed in the science, just general idea.
0: No, it's fine if you do. It's fine if you do, as long as you bring it down to our level and anyone can understand. That's perfect. We like the facts, we like the science here.
1: Okay. Okay, sure. So, the first test is the molecular test. Essentially, what we're testing for is the DNA of the virus. Okay. So, that is the genetic material of the virus. This is the test that is being used worldwide generally. Okay, the problem with this test is it takes a while
0: you know, okay. to be
1: ready and, and it has to be read by the you know, like microbiologists or people trained particularly in labs to do this sort of thing. So obviously the challenge of that is obvious, it takes about <coughs> sometimes days to get results back. The second type of test is a rapid test, okay, which takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And what you're checking for essentially is some proteins that are released by the virus. The good thing is that it's a fast test, 10 to 15 minutes, can be administered by technically anybody once you have the test kit. So this is a really important test at the point of health service for doctors and nurses facing patients. You can't wait for three days to know whether this patient is positive or not. Now the third test, which essentially is the most important from a public health standpoint, is the serological testing, Yeah. essentially testing for the body's response to the virus. Now, this is key and I probably need to talk about it um, in a little bit, a little bit more detailed, um, maybe further in this conversation. Okay. So this is essentially the testing modalities so far. What Nigeria is doing so far is the molecular test. Okay. And we still have some challenges because we don't have enough testing facilities. I think currently we have about six or seven testing labs and we're just doing about 1,500 tests per day. That's our capacity, you know. So far, that was announced about four days ago. Prior to that, we were doing just 500 tests per day. So you can imagine, compare our population, you can see that those tests technically are almost nothing. You know, so again, if you are not testing enough, the figures that you're getting, you are getting can't really be able to say are these accurate. You know, I can't build policy on figures that are not that are not accurate. So this is so far about testing.
0: Okay. Um... Thank you for that. Um, so, so far to, to sum it up, we have three modalities. There's a molecular one, which we're using yes. right now in Nigeria. There's a the serological one, which um, is important for public health to know the figures and to understand um, whether the population has, you know, is building immunity and things like such as, you know, for future decisions and then um the one in between is the um should i call it the pcr or the rapid no i'm sorry the rapid one which yeah is a point of care one whereby nurses or doctors can immediately administer that test to know if you know if they are at risk yeah exactly at the hospital okay so um You've given us an overview of, you know, how tests are done and then the tests we're using in Nigeria. So let's go into the criteria so far, you know, looking, using Europe as an example, because we know of how um, the cases ballooned in places like Italy and Spain. You know, we're looking at the UK numbers. And then we have an interesting um, um, country in Europe, like Germany, that has a very good, outlook because their numbers show that the mortality versus um the new cases um you know that ratio is very very promising so let's let's hear from you about the criteria for determining mortality in the sense of who died or how many people that have covid19 have died from having covid19 yeah
1: Yeah, so essentially, again, it is looking at at the numbers, Mm. okay? And it's not just looking at the numbers. It's also looking at how the numbers were generated. Um, So again, if you look at Nigeria's numbers, it would be um, to be wrong to try to calculate like mortality rates based on that, you know, because our testing criteria is, is built for our capacity. So every country is building testing criteria based on the number of kits they have available. The ideal thing is for everybody to get tested, but we know that that's not technically possible. So again, we want to know how the numbers are being generated, what are the criteria for testing, and this can explain you know, why some countries have more cases and other countries don't have many cases. For example, if you look at the United States, the United States has done almost 1.8 million tests. So compare that to Nigeria, we've done about, I think, let's say 4,000 4, tests. So these figures are important because they will obviously have way more numbers than us because simply they are doing more tests than us. And a country that is doing no tests at all will have no case. So we have to know what are the criteria for testing? Why are these tests being done? Um, Currently in Nigeria, there are three criteria for testing. The first is if you have symptoms, the symptoms being fever, cough, and shortness of breath. If you have these symptoms, and you have a travel history from you know, areas affected like Europe, US within the last two weeks and that's one criterion for testing. The second criteria is those who have symptoms, the symptoms that I mentioned earlier and have been exposed have had close contact with a confirmed positive case. Okay so this actually these two were uh, what we used for at least the first month of coronavirus coming to Nigeria. We recently just added a third which is people who have symptoms, fever, cough, shortness of breath, and are in a moderate to high area of transmission. So I assume that should be Lagos and Abuja for now. Okay. okay. So if you consider the fact that this third one was added recently, what we have the most of the figures we have are just based on those who have travel history and those who have who have had close contact with those who are positive. That greatly limits the number of cases you can pick up. You understand? So, that also is an issue when you're trying to interpret the figures.
0: Okay. Oh, and that, that's really interesting because um, I don't know if we've mentioned this, but we we heard from the State Minister of Health in Lagos that there's community spread, which makes that third criteria now very important because yes. um in, in, the, in, the, in the lingo, in the terminology, um, Lagos and Abuja are epicenters, you know, in Nigeria, you know, based okay. on scale. So these two places are places where, you know, if we have community spread, anybody, even if the person has never left the shores of this country, you know, could be a spreader. <laughs> of yeah it could be a spreader of this virus and now we 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 only recently from what you said we only recently included them or that group into our testing criteria so um let's throw a light on Europe because this story you know um i introduced by saying we look at the cases in germany mortality versus new cases discrepancy. You know, we look at places like Netherlands and Belgium and the UK and we see that um for every for instance fifteen thousand cases you have one thousand plus deaths. So can we talk about how the criteria like you've listed now, we know what we look out for in Nigeria. So can you talk about how um in determining mortality, which is the cost you know, cost of death, you know, so can, we, can you just give us a bit about how these numbers matter in determining cause of death or in determining why or how cause of death should be reported in the media?
1: Okay. Um, so essentially, just um, basic definitions to calculate the death rate or mortality rate. Yeah. You need to know the number of people that died from the disease. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you need to know the number of people that have the disease. So let's talk about those two because we need to know how those two numbers are generated. So the number of people who have died from the disease is very specific. We don't want to know the number of people that have died with the disease. We need to know the number of people that have died from the disease, which again is a very challenging thing to do because if you consider certain countries like um, Iceland, Iceland has been able to do a lot of testing because, I mean, their population is not that much anyway, but they've been able to do a lot of testing and they found out that Over 50% of people that carry the virus do not have symptoms. Mm. What that that means is, if somebody dies from coronavirus, it's different from somebody tested positive and died. We need to be able to determine if this person was just carrying the virus per chance, or if this person actually had the virus and that was what killed the person. And again, that is difficult to determine because it means you have to do lots of post-mortem you have to wait for results, you know, which may not be feasible. Well, that again can skew the numbers both ways. If you are over reporting the deaths of um, the disease, you, know, you are counting people that died with the disease and not from the disease, they are going to get a lot of um, a high mortality rate, which will be alarming, which will force a lot of policy that may not be, you know, guided by the right data. And again, if you're under reporting, it means people won't take it as seriously as they should. And then there will mm-hmm. be poor compliance with certain policies like you know, social distancing policies and lockdown. So we need to be sure of the figures. Yeah, so these are the challenges with reporting the number of deaths from the disease. Now the second f- um, figure we talked about is the number of people with the disease. Now this is obvious, if you are not testing, you can't know that. And if you are not testing enough, you can't know that. Now, if you consider a lot of countries, well not a lot of countries, in the UK um, particularly, they have focused most on their testing on people that are hospitalised, people that are very ill. Because just to mention, 95% of people who get um, the coronavirus will have mild symptoms. So again, these people tend not to be tested. Most of the time, we are testing people who are very ill, who are very sick, who have a higher likelihood of dying. So this again skews the numbers makes it look as if the mortality rate is much higher than what it is but if you consider so, but generally the, the mortality rate we have now worldwide from the WHO as of March 3rd was 3.4% Okay. this is the average mortality but if you look at countries like the United Kingdom if you look at the confirmed cases and the number of deaths they are getting up to 10.29% so this again is as a result of the testing criteria look at Germany, Germany has been able to do a lot of tests. I mean, apart from the U.S., Germany has probably done more tests than every other country and they have a figure of about 1.5 percent. So again, the more tests you do, obviously, the more the mortality rate comes down. So it's really important to focus on testing, really important to get these numbers because every these numbers we're talking about is what guides policy. So we need to have the right data to be able to enact the right policies, social distancing, lockdown, and things like that.
0: Okay. So on Easy One Day Podcast, we are actually looking forward to um, an upcoming episode with somebody who's a principal tester in Nigeria. You know, he's on the front lines, he's in Lagos State, and he can give us even more information about testing in Nigeria and, you know, what is stopping us from having you know, like wide-scale, large-scale tests being done in our communities. I know um, the president of South Africa, who also happens to be the president of the African Union, has been a voice for increased testing. And South Africa is about to roll out a, um, for lack of a better word, a community testing initiative where they're going into this, into, you know, house by house, door to door to get tests you know to get the the true numbers you know to mimic what's happened in um South Korea Yeah right South Korea and, Yeah Germany you know Taiwan these places where they've had very good testing um techniques and strategy So yeah thank you um for giving us all of that information about the importance of having the right numbers because those numbers influence policy in any country okay so what advice would you give to anyone listening to this the general population old young you know parents child doctor healthcare worker non-healthcare worker regarding this pandemic you know in nigeria and elsewhere what's your advice your professional advice to us
1: okay so professional advice i'll give medical advice i'll give non Medical advice. So the medical advice, I'm sure I've heard it so many times, wash your hands. The hand is the major carrier of this virus because the virus can stay on surfaces for a long time, sometimes up to three days. And it's usually transmitted by droplets. So somebody coughs, you know, it lands on surfaces. Two days later, you come, you touch that surface with your hand and then use that same hand to touch your face. That's it, it's that simple. And if you're able to break that transmission, then, you know, the chances of you getting it are really reduced. So wash your hands, wash your hands frequently. It's not just washing your hands, wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. And you need to know how to wash your hands as a particular technique to be able to get all the areas of your hand. Try to minimize touching of surfaces. Wipe down all the surfaces in your house. You can use bleach for that, just dilute bleach in water. You know, door handles, tables, try and wipe out those surfaces and then you need to also listen to what the government is saying based on social distancing um, because it is really important to break the transmission and then if we're not obeying the laws if we're going out hanging out you know going to clubs playing football shaking hands we're not helping ourselves because the virus keeps transmitting it keeps transmitting you shake the hand you shake another hand tomorrow the virus has spread so what advice wash your hands a lot try not to touch your hands. Not to touch your face with your hands. Obey everything the government is saying based on social distancing. Um, also, right information is very important. Now again, because there's a lot, there's a lot we don't know. It means there's there's this grey area, okay. And people who like to push conspiracy theories, people who like to push you know misinformation, they love the grey area because they can push a lot of things and we don't have facts to you know refute. Um, well, try not to spread information that is not verifiably true okay lots of BCs going around saying 5g lots of BCs going around saying antichrist a lot of this is going around saying so many things try not to push these messages out because you don't know who's going to get them the person that gets them may not be as educated as you and could take it as you know facts so again we need to be careful with the kind of information we're spreading we all have a role to play it's not just doctors it's not just the government everybody has a role to play this virus doesn't move if we don't move it so you know wash your hands spread true information social distancing pray support the government and everything they are doing you know and we hope for the best essentially
0: okay what do you have to say to all the healthcare workers listening to this or out there on the front lines of this global pandemic, your colleagues in Lagos, outside of Lagos, elsewhere in the world, you know, what message would you like to leave for them today?
1: Well, well I mean, um, the first thing is that they need to know that this is a war, that this is a full-scale war. It doesn't have to be fought with guns for it to be a war. War at war with an unknown enemy. You know, so we don't know exactly how it operates. So everybody needs to be safe. Everybody needs to be vigilant. You need to be able to take care of yourself, to take care of others. So if you suspect a case, do not know you know the rules, you know the distance to maintain, you know the personal protective equipment and the gear you need to have. You need to have strict criteria at all your hospitals, those working in private hospitals, government hospitals, you need to have strict criteria to be able to you know, isolate those who have and be able to immediately alert the authorities. There's no need for unnecessary bravery. Do not attend to suspected case if you don't have your personal protective gear, because you are the soldiers in the war front. If perchance you are to contract the virus, it depletes the number of people that we have taken care of people and it adds to the number of people we have to take care of. So you need to be safe. You need to make sure your family is also safe. You know, a lot of people have had to, I mean, in developed countries, have had to either live in the garage, move out of their houses, reduce contact with their family, which, you know, is very difficult to do. So apart from these things you can do for your physical health, you, know, so you also need to take care of your mental health, you know, because not being able to see your family, you know, having to see a lot of patients die, particularly those working in you know, COVID wards, see a lot of patients die, can take a very big toll on your mental health. And these are things you also need to pay attention to. So what I would suggest is do your best. I mean, the world is supporting you. You know, it's not easy. The world is supporting us. I mean, I'm a healthcare professional, even though I'm not on in the, in the warfront at the moment. But the world is supporting us. We need to do our best. We need to make sure our patients are safe and we need to make sure we ourselves
0: are safe. All right. So thank you so much, Patrick, for coming on Easy one Day Podcast Coronavirus Logs. Thank you for believing in the need to educate public health education is underrated. We need more avenues like this one to get the word out there and to get especially the voices of Nigerian healthcare workers amplified. Um, to every healthcare worker out there who's listened to this, thank you. Easy one Day podcast, we value you. Um, today, I read somewhere that um, doctors are refusing to take on the title of Heroes you know, because heroes die, heroes are expected to self-sacrifice, but whether we like it or not, this vocation that we've been called to as healthcare professionals, be you a medical laboratory scientist or a nurse or a midwife, you know, we are heroes, we are the heroes of our time and this moment in history has shed a spotlight on the work we do you know so thank you so much for the sacrifices you're making for going to work every day in spite of your own struggles your own fears we see you we appreciate you and um patrick i hope you come back on easy one day podcast some other time this was a very enlightening conversation Thank you for um, I cannot even I cannot even express how grateful I am because I've realized recently um, people are dying and then when one person dies oh this man died when three thousand people die it's just the numbers you know people human beings become statistics so I'm I'm very very careful nowadays to cherish the moments the interactions the friendships the connections that we as human beings share. So I'm very grateful that you're here on this show to help spread the correct information to the rest of the world. So thank you for coming.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I hope to be back very soon.
0: All right. So goodbye for now.
1: Yeah. Bye.